Good evening, and welcome to Mining the Riches of the Parsha. Tonight is Thursday night, February 3rd, 2022. We are preparing now to reopen our shul after it has been closed for the third time in two years. We hope, of course, that it will get better and continue to get better. But realistically, I think we need to face the fact that synagogues could close again. I remember the first time. It was March 13, 2020. It was Friday afternoon. It was the first time in my life that shuls were closed. That time it was for three months. And I was the one doing it. In terms of halacha, in terms of Jewish law, in terms of making the decision, it was relatively straightforward and simple. Clearly, the obligation of the Torah, v'nish martem ma'od l'nafshosechem, to be exceedingly careful consider your, concerning your health, takes priority over the mitzvah of prayer with a minion, congregational prayer. So although the decision was clear, but the weight of it was enormous. Since the very beginning of that period, we started Zoom davening. Obviously not on Shabbos, not on Yom Tov, but weekdays. And over the last two years, we've experimented, we've learned from others, we've learned from the feedback that we have received, we've learned from our own experience, we have improved, we have better equipment, and this coming Monday, February 7th, when we plan to reopen, we hope to take another step forward to be able to improve the experience for those who join on Zoom, to make it more interactive, to enhance the social component of the experience, as well as the prayer component. And so as we prepare to welcome you back to shul, it is clear to us that Zoom davening is here to stay. And therefore, tonight I want to address the halachos, the aspects of Jewish law that relate to prayer and Zoom, as well as the hashkafa, the understanding, the philosophy, what we can hope to get out of it. What I want to share with you tonight is based on the extensive writing of Rabbi Yosef Rimon, but with two caveats. Number one, I have greatly simplified his presentation for our purposes. And number two, please be aware that there are many, many different opinions about these issues. Jewish scholars have concentrated their enormous effort in discussing these topics over the last two years. But 
I believe that what I'm going to present is a good approach. And it certainly is a very good formula for how to look at and evaluate these different issues. So I want to divide the topic into two parts. The first part is when we have a situation where we are praying with Zoom alone, meaning what we have been doing during January and what we're going to continue doing on Sunday, to Friday and Sunday, where there is no in-person minion anywhere. It's just a group of people who are joining on Zoom and we do offer Zoom davening every day, except for Shabbos and Yom Tov, every morning and every evening, and you are welcome to join us. By the way, if you take a look in the chat, the link that is in the chat is the link to the Facebook event, which contains all of the details and the schedule and the link to join Zoom. Please take it, copy it, and make use of it. We would love to have you. So that's one situation when shuls are closed and we are only joining as individuals through Zoom. And the other situation is what we hope to encounter starting this coming Monday, where there is a minion, a complete, actual, traditional minion in person in the ADAT building. And then there are others who will join through Zoom to join our minion. There are different issues, there are different positions, so let's take those two separately. <clears throat> let's start with the first. When there is no in-person minion and people are joining to pray together on Zoom, each person in their own place, no 10 people in any one place. So according to Jewish law, that does not form a minion. A minion requires 10 adult Jewish men plus others in one physical location. So, in this first scenario, any prayer on Zoom is a tfilas yochid. It is an individual prayer. It's private prayer. And therefore, we are required when we do this to omit those parts of our prayers that are only said when there is a minion. For example, Baruchu. For example, the reader's repetition of the Amidah, Chazar Hashatz. And to say the Kedusha, which only occurs during the reader's repetition. Kriya Torah. The Torah reading cannot take place. Although, of course, it's possible to read the Torah, but to call people up, to have an aliyah, to make brachos, blessings, that, of course, we cannot do as individuals. Kaddish, saying Kaddish, likewise, we are not able to say because Kaddish requires a minion. For those who are saying Kaddish, either because someone in their family has, God forbid, passed away, or they're observing a yard site. Since the beginning of COVID, we've made, I have made two different suggestions. The first is, Kaddish is not the only prayer that provides a merit to the soul of the departed. 
A person could say another prayer. A person can say a paragraph of Tehillim of Psalms. And that likewise, like Kaddish, provides a merit for the soul of the deceased, which is the purpose of Kaddish itself. So a person can simply substitute another prayer. Or we have used an alternative version of the Kaddish. And this is quite interesting. So I received this from a man named Isaac Gantwert Meyer. And he came up with this in the following way. Years and years ago, centuries ago, among Yemenite Jews, there existed the custom that when they would wanted to say Kaddish, and they have a slightly different text of Kaddish than we have, but the Yemenite version of Kaddish, if there would not be a minion, they had a version where they rewrote the words and instead of applying to the plural, applied to the singular. So instead of saying we and us and our, we say me and my and mine. What this man, Rabbi Meyer, did is he took the same changes that were already an existing custom among Yemenite Jews, and he did the same thing to our Kaddish, to the version of the Kaddish that we have. So that is the alternative version of Kaddish that I refer to very often. You'll find it on our website. And basically, for example, I'll give you a couple of examples. In the normal Kaddish, we would say, Tiskabel Israel. We say to God, accept the prayers of all the Jewish people gathered here today. In this version, we say, Tiskabel God, accept my prayers. Because again, I'm praying as an individual, not as a congregation. We alter that, v'chayim alai, for me, life for me. Oseh shalom bin ramav, hu shalom alai, God who makes peace in heaven, make peace not among us, because there is no us, I'm by myself, but make peace for me, alai. So with those changes, we transform this from a prayer that is meant to be said within a congregation to a prayer that is meant to be said by oneself alone. <clears throat> All of that leads to the following very important question, which I know many people have, which is, given that Zoom prayer under these circumstances is only private prayer, why do it? What's the benefit? I can daven by myself. Why do it in front of a Zoom screen? I could just pray by myself. Let me share with you six very good and important reasons why you should consider joining Zoom prayer even if it is as private prayer because there is tremendous benefit. Number one, it gives each participant a routine. You have to join at a certain time. 
It takes place according to a schedule. And that is so important, especially during this pandemic, to have a set routine. Number two, it adds a tremendous amount of socialization. And that is so important. Now, of course, it's not like in person. But it's also much better than being alone in isolation. And that's why it is so important if you are going to participate in Zoom prayer to join a few minutes early and to stay a few minutes after for the schmoozing. Because the schmoozing among all of us is among the most important parts of this. And I guarantee you, if you ask anyone who participates in Zoom prayer, they will tell you how much they appreciate the visiting the schmoozing before we start and just as we conclude. Number three, it is important for people who would daven on their own anyway, in order to make the Zoom prayer stronger, to appeal to those who might not do it on their own if they were not doing it with Zoom. Number four, for many people, and this does not apply to everyone, but for many people, the pace of prayer on Zoom is slower and more meaningful, more heartfelt than private prayer alone. Plus, there is always Torah learning included with it. The next reason comes from Rabbi Avraham Cook first Ashkenazi chief rabbi of Israel. Now, Rav Cook was talking about public prayer. He was talking about why is it preferable to pray with a minion rather than to pray by yourself at home. And there's a number of reasons, but one of the reasons he gave is as follows. He says the reason that prayer with a congregation is more effective and accepted by God, which our sages tell us is true, is because when we see each other, we notice each other, we might notice a way that I could be of help to you, or you might notice a way that you could be of help to me. And this is the highest form of prayer. So, of course, he's talking about seeing people in person. So you see a person in person, you see it's a little bit harder for them to walk up the steps. You could say to them, is something bothering you? You see a person limping. You see a person who looks like they're not feeling so well. You can ask them. You can uh, be involved with them. You can help them. You could pray for them. But that same benefit applies to a certain extent to Zoom. Because when you join on Zoom, you are seeing your friends. You're seeing a group of people that you see on a regular basis. And sometimes you might notice someone's looking a little tired. I was looking a little tired today. You might notice someone, maybe they're not feeling well, and you might want to reach out and call them. So Rav Cook's idea about public prayer really applies to Zoom prayer as well. And number six, please listen to this carefully because this is incredible. Rav Ramon makes this point. Our rabbis compare the Jewish people to a dove, the bird, a dove. 
<clears throat> it's based on references in Shir Hashir in the Song of Songs. And our rabbis in the Medrash say as follows, a dove, even if you take away its chicklings, it will never leave its nest. So to Israel, even though the temple was destroyed, Jews did not stop coming to visit. You remember there's a mitzvah when the Beis Hamikdash, the Holy Temple, is standing in Jerusalem three times every year for the three festivals to travel to Jerusalem. The historical fact is that after the temple was destroyed and it was in ruins, for, for years and years, Jews continued to come. They would just show up and they would be there for Pesach and Shavuos and Sukkot. Rav Rimon says, similarly, this idea that a dove will not leave its nest, it is so emotionally moving to see Am Yisrael, the Jewish people, during a time when we had to be isolated in our homes, Yes, of course, it's necessary according to Jewish law when the health problems require it. But to see at the same time Jews doing whatever they can to try to join together in prayer. So it's not complete. So it's not ideal. But you sense from those who are involved with Zoom prayer, a yearning to want to be together in prayer, even if we can't do it in its ideal form now. Even when a Jew is locked up in the inside of their home, they are drawn like a magnet to try to want public prayer, to join with others in prayer. And if the only way we can do it is Zoom, we're going to do it with Zoom. It at least does something. It at least gets us closer. We can see each other. It's as if we are saying to God, Ribono Shalola, Master of the Universe, we love you so much Wherever you tell us to go, from there we're going to try to pray. And it might be in the shul, it might be in home, it might be outside, it might be in the rain, it might be cold. Wherever it is that we have to be, we're going to yearn to reach out to you in whatever way we can. And all of that is expressed when we each join Zoom for prayer from our own home. There's an incidental issue that I want to mention here. Erica Brown, a wonderful scholar and teacher, recently wrote an article. Now, the article was written about attending synagogue in person 
but the points that she makes are equally applicable to joining on Zoom. And the title of her article is, Where Are All the Women? One recent Shabbat in Shul, this was in a time and a place when it was okay to daven in Shul, a friend several years my junior leaned forward in her seat and whispered in my ear, Where are all the women? The men's side was brimming with activity. The women's side looked as if we were still practicing rigorous social distancing. The empty seats drained a sense of vitality from the prayer experience on our side of the Mechitza, even in our wonderful synagogue with a generally high female turnout. And she writes, it's not that women feel uncomfortable in these synagogues. It applies even in places where synagogues have gone to great lengths, like Adath, to be welcoming to everyone, men, women, everyone, to feel welcome and involved and included as much as is possible according to Jewish law. Now again, this is Erica Brown writing, not me. Let's be honest, she writes. Not every woman who is not going to shul on Shabbat is raising a young family or caring for someone elderly. Not every woman who has stopped attending your minion is struggling with feminism's discomfort with orthodox prayer space and gender disparity. After all, there are clusters of women's walking groups on Shabbat. There are get-togethers with other mothers of young children. There are those who drop in for Kiddush and happily chat together, but they don't happily pray together. So, she writes, here is a case for a fuller women's section. Number one, women should come to shul because their beautiful spiritual energy is so necessary for the wholeness of the community. Number two, women should come to shul because women who are mothers are critical role models in the shaping of the faith lives of their daughters and sons. Number three, women should come to shul to hear the Torah read and to be connected to the ancient words that are foundational to our lives. Women should come to shul to study and hear words of rabbis and educators to help them process modern challenges within a religious framework. Women should come together to pray to make a statement that their participation and their needs matter. And finally, women should come to shul to provide other women with a sense of comfort and love and belonging. This applies to coming to a dath when we are open. And all of this applies to prayer on Zoom. All women and all men are invited and welcome and add to the spiritual and social experience for everyone when they join. That's the first topic. Let's now come to the second scenario, which we are greatly looking forward to 
will apply to us starting this Monday morning, February 7, going forward. And that is when there is minion in shul and people, for whatever reason, join on Zoom also. So there is a minion in, in the room. All of the prayers are being said. And there are others who join on Zoom. And let me be very, very clear. We want you. We want you to join. We welcome you. And if you have any suggestions that would make it more beneficial, more valuable, more enjoyable to you, please, please tell me because we want to improve. So the first thing is in this scenario, all of the benefits of Zoom prayer that I mentioned before still apply. The benefit of routine, socializing to defray isolation, inspiring others, more careful and meaningful prayer, hearing a Dvar Torah, staying in touch with others and knowing if anyone else might need some help, demonstrating a yearning for intimacy with God. And even if you can't make it to the million, but you want to be there, you want to join in whatever way you can. And again, all of these benefits apply equally to women as well as men. It is especially important if you attend shul in person that you take a few moments to engage with those who are joining through Zoom because it is so important to make them, help them feel that they are part of the group. This is one of the enhancements that we hope to start on Monday, hopefully Monday, we will have a larger screen. We will have better sound so that it will be easier for people who are in the sanctuary to speak easily to people who are on Zoom and vice versa. So I urge you, if you're coming in person, come a couple of minutes early, come up to the screen and schmooze with those who are on Zoom. And at the end, stay a couple of minutes and speak and visit as well. It adds so much to the friendliness and the warmth of the overall experience. Now, it is true that even when there is a minion inside the sanctuary, davening, if you join on Zoom, you are not formally part of the minion because you are not physically present. However, since there is an actual minion in place and you're hearing it, you are allowed to answer the responses. You can answer Yehei Rabba. The line that the Talmud says is God's favorite prayer when we all answer to someone saying Kaddish, Yehei Rabba Mavarach, Maya. You can answer Amen to a bracha. When the reader's repetition is going on, you can answer Kedusha. You can say the Kedusha along with the people in the room. 
The question comes up, if you are on Zoom participating with an in-person minion, which Kaddish should you say? So if you on Zoom want to say Kaddish, which version should you say? Well, certainly you can say the alternative version that I mentioned before. But some authorities even allow you at home to say the regular mourner's Kaddish. Since you are joining an existing halachic minion at the same time. Yes, there are differences of opinion among halakhic authorities about these issues. But this is the approach that I utilize and that I recommend to be able to say the regular mourner's Kaddish on Zoom when you're joining together with a minion. There's another important benefit to joining a minion with Zoom. And it comes from the following. <clears throat> Under normal circumstances, if you have a shul that's holding services and there's a minion, and then you have a person at home for whatever reason, and they're not coming to shul, the Talmud says it is preferable that the person who is home praying alone should pray at the same time that the congregation is praying in the synagogue, even though I'm nowhere near them. I don't see them. I don't hear them. But it's the proper thing for me to pray at the same time that they're praying. That's why in our weekly announcements over the last month, I've been giving the times that we would normally be praying because that's the time that our community prays. Why? What does it matter if I'm at home? Why can't I pray a little earlier? Why can't I pray a little later? Because at the moment that a congregation prays, there is a greater revelation of God's presence. And if I coordinate my prayer, even though I am distant, but coordinate it so that I'm praying at the same time, on a spiritual level, I join in receiving that enhanced divine revelation. It is a higher spiritual experience. Another way to look at it is, especially when I know the people that are there, let's say I have a shul, I regularly go there, and this Shabbos I'm not going, or today I'm not going but I know everyone there. There's a connection. When I pray at the same time that you're praying and I'm standing when you're standing and I'm sitting when you're sitting, even though we're distant, even though we don't see each other, there's a connection. There's a spiritual connection. And our sages in the Talmud say that's valuable. That is substantive and therefore coordinated so that you're praying at the same time. Now that applies just to praying at home alone without any technology. And obviously I'm not talking about any electronics on Shabbos or Yom Tov. I'm only talking about weekdays. But Rav Rimon suggests that joining a minion by Zoom 
is an even greater way of connecting to that congregation and connecting to the enhanced presence of God. Because I don't just have to imagine it. I see the congregation. I see those people that I recognize. I hear them. And that connection is even, even greater. Now, of course, if it is possible, it is preferable to join a minion in person. Yes, that will always be true. But joining with Zoom is so much better than just praying alone, spiritually, socially, emotionally, for men and for women. I urge you to consider participating with us in our Zoom prayer. Because I really think that if you try it, you'll get a lot out of it. I mentioned before that I pasted into the chat the link for all the information. All the information about our Zoom prayers is also on our website, as well as in our emails. And I think that if for whatever reason you're not able to join in person on a weekday, you will feel a great enhancement of your prayer experience if you join together with us on Zoom. My friends, that will do it for tonight. I thank you very much for joining. I want to wish you a wonderful evening and a great Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon, either on Zoom or in person starting on Monday. And I hope that we're able to see each other. I hope it continues to get better and that we're able to be able to resume normal life davening, praying, socializing, everything we've been missing, may it come true, may it be God's will. Thank you very, very much.